Welcome back to the Dungeon of Doom. I am Kyle Mikey, Lions beat writer for MLive, joined as always by Ben Raven. Ben, we are above Ford Field once again after another Lions win. Their first in the playoffs in 32 years, 24-23 against the Los Angeles Rams. Ben, we heard so much about the storylines coming into this game. Jared Goff versus Sean McVay, Matthew Stafford versus old team coming back to Ford Field for the first time, playing under a banner he could never win. I mean, we we heard about this stuff all week. This was the juiciest uh, game in the first round of the NFL playoffs. And man, did this game live up to the billing. Yeah, this is like an instant classic. Like back in the day, you'd find this on ESPN Classic in five years because this seriously was after a red hot scorching start by the Lions, the Rams really answered the challenge and made this a game right until that final whistle, man. I mean, shoot, Rams had the ball on Detroit's side of the ball in the final five minutes with a chance to go ahead. I mean, this was a this was the supreme title fight right here, and it was a lot of fun, and I, the energy force has been, like, sucked out of my, like, the, this building, man. Like, we've talked about that all week. This building over-exceeded expectations, in my opinion. I, I think the bricks are still rattling. I, I Ben, like, it was <laughs> shrieking in here, and it started before the Lions even took the field. They showed Jared Goff, number 16, on oh. the on the, on the the big screen, coming down the tunnel. And I've never heard this. I've heard cheers for everything and everyone over the years, including Stafford, but I've never heard the crowd chant a player's name besides Barry Sanders, and he retired a generation ago. And that that guy is walking down the tunnel, and you hear Jared, Jared, uh, like it. It was an incredible scene. Um, Jerry Goff said after the game that he heard it too, that he could feel the electricity down the tunnel, um, that he never felt something like that before. Dan Campbell said after the game, I mean, th- this guy has won division titles. He's played in playoff games, coached in them, coached in the Super Bowl. Um, he said he's never seen an atmosphere like this. And I don't have the experience with winning football <laughs> as, as, as a Lions beat writer that some of these other guys do off and um, Campbell. But this was something else. This is a good home venue at tonight. It was different. Um, the fireworks overhead Jeez. after the game went final, yeah. <laughs> the streamers coming down from the rafters, you know, Jerry Goff raising his head, uh, raising his hands above his head and triumph after a week that, yeah, it was all about Stafford and McVeigh and golf was somehow a, uh, a side story. And he comes out here 22 of 27 has a touchdown pass. I mean, just uh, one of his best games in Detroit and by far his best game in the playoffs ever. And that guy's taken a team to the Super Bowl before. Exactly. The Lions scored touchdowns on their first three drives. Those first two drives. That's some of the most crisp action I've ever seen out of this attack. Goff was nine of nine at that point, 111 yards. Josh Reynolds was going off like crazy. But the thing that really just sticks with me is all the stuff about Goff, this fan reaction to Goff. I think the no- national audience tonight, they they knew about the rec- rec- shoot the revitalization of Jared Goff's career. Bear with me, it's 2.30 in the morning. But uh, I think what they saw tonight is that Jared Goff is home, that this place – Mm-hmm. has made Detroit home for this guy. He doesn't just say all the right things. He he carries himself in all the right ways about talking about bringing a playoff win to this city. When he was asked about what this game meant to him, it was about this city. It's like, I want to give this city a winner so bad. And I just think you have seen 
a perfect marriage between two sides because I mean, when the Lions needed a quarterback the most after the best quarterback in franchise history asked out, they got Jared Goff and nobody wanted him. And guess what? Now it's hard to imagine them not together. LA gave up on him and pretty yeah. unceremoniously and pretty obviously. And he he felt that. I mean, John McVay was drinking champagne with Matthew Stafford and Matthew Stafford's wife before the ink was even dry. I don't even know if Gaff, I don't even know if Goff knew about the the trade. And there's already photos circulating of McVay uh, in Cabo, uh, you know, sipping umbrella drinks with Stafford. And he was pissed about how that went down. And he said all the right things this week about um, the divorce. Uh, with LA, as you would expect, he's a pretty even killed guy, especially behind the podium. Mm-hmm. But he was he was pissed, and he had it out with McVeigh a little bit. They had a face to face meeting after the trade went went final. Um, he requested that that face to face meeting. Uh, oh. he, I love it too, and yeah. he wanted to know to his face what he did wrong, what you know where things went awry. Clearly, Sean McVeigh can coach; he can coach offense, and things were pretty bad in LA those last couple of years. And then he comes to Detroit. People are wondering, is this guy even a franchise quarterback anymore? Are the Lions going to draft a quarterback? I mean, how many times have we heard about or written about or heard of uh, bridge quarterback, bridge quarterback? Like the the Lions always insisted he wasn't that. And I just love, Ben, the arc of Jared Goff in Detroit. He doesn't have the the long experience that, you know, a guy like Taylor Decker does with the losing. But he, he took – a lot of bullets in year one. He was pretty bad in training camp. We told you all about it on this program over at M Live. Um, we were pretty harsh, and it was deserved. He was bad, and in the first half of the season, you saw what we saw, which was bad football. He was a checkdown king. That was the that was the the <laughs> nickname bestowed upon him. And then Ben Johnson's promoted to to uh, you know passing game coordinator. Uh, Dan Campbell takes over the offense and he immediately becomes a pretty good quarterback. One of the hotter quarterbacks in the league down the stretch last season, pro bowler this season leads the number three offense. He was the number two passer in the league. This is a, this is an explosive team, a well-balanced team. And we saw it tonight. He played, this is a good quarterback being serenaded in front of the fans (laughs) while the guy who was so loved in this town, Matthew Stafford, was booed, and it, it really shows to me how much Detroit has embraced the new era of Lions football, it, just in how they treated Stafford and how they treated Goff. And Goff, in the biggest moment, under the brightest lights, in front of the loudest crowd I have ever heard, when this game went final, my, it was it was shrieking, and that is not hyperbole. Goff played his best football, and I think it's really fitting just to wrap this up. I know I've been talking a minute, but I, I, I just geek out a little bit on Jared Goff because he has been resilient. He has faced so much criticism. I think about the fourth down pass he threw away in year one. I, I think two of those. Yeah, he had two of them. <laughs> I think about the Baltimore game in week three of his first season. They lose in the 66-yard field goal that clanks off the, uh, the, the crossbar and goes through something that's never, ever happened in the NFL – Lions fans are like, yeah, this is what happens to us. Jared Goff is new to that kind of thing, and he says the gut punches will stop. It took a long time, but Ben, the gut punches have stopped this season. They stopped tonight, and in in the in the climax of this game, needing two first downs to seal it, they go to the air. I mean, they have a great running game, and they love to rely on the running game in those situations. But they go to the air. They show their faith in Goff, and he connects with Montgomery, and then he connects with. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown um, on an 11-yard pass moves the chains. Goff actually said after the game, he didn't realize in that moment that it actually ended the game. And then he did the math and it's like, oh, wait, that's it. 
<laughs> he took the first kneel down, puts his puts his hands in the air, knowing what's coming, and 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 they seal it with the ball in Jared Goff's hands on an extraordinary extraordinary night uh, for the new Detroit Lions quarterback. Gosh, and there's just not many guys in this league. There's not many humans on this earth that would be able because resiliency really is the word to describe Jared Goff. Because there's not many that hit that bottom, that hit that rock bottom to where he was at the time of the Rams trade. But not only that, after the 2021 campaign here, 313 and one, I believe it was in year one, 313 and one, going from a Super Bowl two years prior to that, a, a rebuild with no end in sight to flash forward this quickly. It's unbelievable. And I just, the guys, the guys, Amon Ross St. Brown was the one that came out the most and said, I want to win this game for Jared Goff. But both Taylor Deckard and Frank Ragnow noted how important was, they're like, he's never going to say that. He'll never give into it. But yeah, it feels good to get this guy a win. And I mean, Frank Ragnow had a great quote on Goff. And I just think it speaks to why this offense trusts him in the second and nine with the game on the line. If they run the ball, the Rams only have one timeout to stop the clock. Passing in that situation, Putting the ball in Goff's hands. Frank Ragno says, Jared, like I've said it before, he is just no matter what the situation is, good, bad, ugly, pretty, same guy. Consistent guy in the huddle, unfazed, keeps going to work, and I appreciate that so much about him. And, I mean, that you see that. Second and nine with the game on the line. He's so calm, cool, and collected. He doesn't even freaking realize the game is on the line. So it's just <laughs> what he did tonight, how he started this game, how he finished this game, it's just – He's the franchise quarterback, man. It's hard to imagine him not here all of a sudden. I never thought I would say that. He 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 completed his first 10 passes in a night where like you would have excused some nerves with the energy and the build up. Um 30 years of build up for for Lions fans, 3 years of, of build up for Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. And he comes out here on fire, completes 15 of his first 16 passes overall. He has that fourth down touchdown pass to to um Sam Laporta, which I thought was a big play in this game. I think Dan Campbell realized early on, like, field goals were not going to do it. This nope. was a touchdown game. It needed a touchdown, and they got it. Uh, that was a big play. But again, just to go back to the winning play, um, on second down, second and long, uh, two-minute warning, and I, I just love the play they went to. How how many times have we seen Jared Goff throw to Amon Ross St. Brown that exact route? I mean, Amon Ra was one-on-one with a nickel. Like, he's going to win that every time. We've seen it a million times in training camp and practices and games. And it was just clinical. It was mechanical. There, was, It was anticlimactic almost. It wasn't a 60-yard bomb. It was just, we're just going to go out and do what we do. <laughs> and the Rams couldn't stop it, and the Lions win the game, and they advance to play. Um, as of this recording, we don't know who they play. Um, but it'll be either Tampa uh, or Philly at Ford Field next Sunday by virtue of a Dallas loss, which I think is just poetic given everything that happened in <laughs> Dallas. Still getting the home playoff game in the divisional round. Um, uh, it, it really is uh, magnificent stuff from from the Lions offense. No, it, it, I mean, it really is. And I mean, I'm on Russ St. Brown. I was shocked at some points tonight of how he was able to get himself open, how he was able to find the middle of the field. And I just, man, it's it's just really special. I mean, you saw two very special quarterback receiver combos on full display tonight Stafford and Puka unbelievable unbelievable work out of that side and Goff and St. Brown but I do want to say something about Dan Campbell's aggressiveness that fourth down call 
and then you compare it to the Rams with one timeout left, four minutes left on the game. They're in Detroit territory, and they punt the ball away. That is why when you read my grades column and you guys shake your fists at me and send me <laughs> nasty emails about my defense of Dan Campbell's aggressiveness, that's what an aggressive coach gives you. He gives you more chances to win. He gives you more chances to increase your win probability. And I just I, that that's what I left. I was like, man, Dan Campbell, forty yard line, one point game, one timeout left. He ain't punt that ball away. He ain't punt that ball away. So just remember that next time you're shaking your fist at a Dan Campbell crazy funk fake punt call, you know that aggressiveness is uh, part of this team's DNA. And when you see other teams kind of punt it away like that, you you really feel the difference. Players love it too, and I think that 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 goes a long way toward embedding itself in the DNA of the team. They this this like Dan Campbell mm. is afraid of nothing. Players feel that, and they are afraid of nothing. They are like they are just they are unafraid. They are fearless, and um, we've seen it time and time again in play calling, decision making, and the performance of the players. And it's part of what this club does best. Um, I'd be remiss if I didn't say that Jared Goff was not the only former Ram playing in this <laughs> game. Josh Reynolds was also given up by LA, given up on by Tennessee as well. The Lions claimed him off waivers three years ago, and he has become a really good player. It's hard to say what this offense would be without a, a number two like him who's really reliable, both in the passing game as well as the running game. And in this game, he showed up big in the first half, five catches for 80 yards. He had a 33-yarder on the very first series of this game. Really, it was a, an explosive play that helped the Lions settle in, really set the tone for the fast start. Yeah, and he's somebody that has really helped Goff settle into this role. I mean, in year one, that was an important get for him to have that face there. Not just because they played, they they have that those timing routes down. You see that. And on a day where I thought we might get a bigger taste of Donovan Peoples-Jones with Khalif Raymond out, it was just more Josh Reynolds. And that really speaks to the trust in him. I mean, this is, I mean, you saw how much this team loves him. Instead of running the ball out in week 18, they made sure he got his $250,000 incentive. And I mean, Games like this, I mean, you don't get that hot start without Josh Reynolds getting open over the middle. I mean, yeah, he put the one on the turf when he was here in footsteps, but five catches, seven targets, 80 yards. I mean, Jamison Williams isn't the wide receiver two this team needs yet. So that just makes a guy like Reynolds in a freaking playoff run like this that much more val valuable. I mean, just what an absolute killer of a first half from him. Jameer Gibbs also had a, a nice game in the in the passing game, and that was kind of his billing coming in, right? Like when yeah. they made the draft pick, Brad Holmes was facing all kinds of criticism for taking a running back so high, and he was like, "Listen, like he's a good running back, but this we don't view him as a running back. He's a player in space, and the best player in this draft in space." And he has become a very good rusher, although we haven't really seen the passing game worked in so much. He had four catches for. Um, 43 yards in this game, uh, but they were all big plays. He had, you know, three of those uh, catches went for more than 10 yards. Uh, two of them moved the chains. Another helped them uh, get unburied from a two and 25 hole. Uh, Gibbs goes off for 10 yards and sets up a, a third down conversion for Amon Ross St. Brown. Lions go down and score a touchdown like that. Like those are big. Those are big plays that maybe you don't see in a box score. Uh, Jameer Gibbs has been really good. He had a, a ten yard touchdown in this game, which again, I mean, that's that. These are huge plays in a one point game. Laporta and Gibbs, two guys from the top of that draft class, that was so maligned on draft day as maybe not getting positional versatility and all that kind of stuff. Two of their touchdowns in their first playoff win in thirty two years come from rookies. And on the other side of the ball, Brian Branch, I thought was fantastic. Seven tackles, one of which came in the red zone on a third down play to Cooper Cup. Uh, that forced a field goal, which again, big plays. 
in a game like this. And then in the first half, he also had, um, you know, deflected a Stafford pass through the line of scrimmage, forcing uh, another field goal with a third down stop. I, I just thought, and I wrote about it a little bit on M Live already. I, I just thought it was such a a coup for Brad Holmes, and I'm sure. So many have already seen the video of Brad Holmes <laughs> screaming in the elevator as he left the press box. Um, I can understand why, because, uh, you know, his fingerprints are up and down this roster. But on this particular night, the rookies really stood tall. Yeah. And on a night six days, seven days after watching Sam Laporta's knee bend the wrong way. I mean, yeah, he didn't stuff the box score, but he scores a freaking touchdown in his playoff debut. And I mean, he looked Shoot, he took a low hit along the sideline while making somebody miss. I mean, that's just a gutsy, unbelievable performance. But I'm glad you brought up Brian Branch because they tried getting the ball to Cooper Cup in a couple of different situations. Out of the backfield, a quick snap. The second Stafford gets to the line. Brian Branch, he's a killer near the line of scrimmage, but I thought his work and coverage today, the only bad thing you can say about him is a defensive pass interference call that shouldn't have been thrown. Yeah, that, that was a bad – I'm not a ref – banger yeah, but like yeah that was a bad call yeah absolutely so i just thought i mean well said i mean i was so happy you wrote that because this draft class i mean shoot they got more than 20 touchdowns out of those guys this yeah. year i mean they franchise record kansas city without brian branch's wherewithal i mean this this rookie class to be as big as part of this franchise making win racing generational demons that's such a such a coup and i'd be screaming if i was brad holmes too man the lions had a chance to run away with this yeah. game, with the way the offense was playing, that obviously didn't happen. And it didn't happen because their defense did have some struggles. And I think we should address that going into the next round because I think this is four straight games now where a top receiver went off oh, yeah. against their secondary. Yeah. Uh, Puka Nakua had nine catches for 181 yards. The only time they actually stopped him was on that big third down uh, late in the game. Um, more issues on the perimeter, Ben, and... You know, I mean, we I think we all knew going into this game what Matthew Stafford can do, what Puka can do. I thought they did a pretty good job on Cooper Cup, as you said, with with Brian Branch and a lot of yeah. that coverage. But Stafford is so good, and Puka is so very good for a rookie. And uh, the Lions had some real struggles getting off the field. Yeah, no, there were some special, special connections between Stafford and Puka. I mean, that's that's a watch out for those two, as long as those two are together. But yeah, man, it was it was Cam Sutton and Kendall Vildor that kind of got beat downfield. I mean, Cam Sutton third and one play action just acts like he's never seen a handoff fake before on that play I mean he was 15 yards behind the receiver on that touchdown and then Vildor I like I've said three weeks running now it's not what you want to hear about your CB2 he's great against the run he's great at the line of scrimmage but man it's tough watching those guys be the CB1 and CB2 for a playoff team especially when you look at who's still available the way Jordan loves throwing the ball. You got Jalen hurts and those weapons in Philly, who knows what the heck the Eagles are, but it's just, it's gotta be better because it's, you can't keep winning this way. I know the lions are three and one or four and one or whatever in these games, but that's like 600 yards allowed to Jefferson lamb, Jefferson and Puka. I mean, that's, that's, that's a problem. And I mean, Cam Sutton, great, great addition. They needed somebody like that, but, it's just a firm reminder every time you see a game like this, man, they need a CB1. They need a true CB1, and they just do not have it right now. And it kind of feels like the one aspect of this team that could be the roadblock that ends it all for them. There were some struggles in, in pass coverage, no doubt. It's worth mentioning that the Lions were – I mean, they held up the, 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 the Rams to six points in the second half. Mm-hmm. They got some stops, and then and when the Rams did drive – I mean, they were 0 of 3 in the red zone. The Lions were 3 of 3. Uh, or I think the Rams were 1 of 3, actually. But, the, I mean, they got a couple key stops. The Lions were 3 of 3. 
that's the difference in this game, Absolutely. you know. And um, the last stop uh, was our friend uh, CJ Carter Johnson, uh, the biggest mouth in the league. Love talking to that guy, and he backed up the mouth. <laughs> Uh, in the end zone with really nice coverage. I forget who the receiver was. I think it was Cup actually. Um, yeah, yeah. And 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 uh, you know, forcing a final field goal there. I mean, again, in a one point game where Stafford's red hot, but they get to those last twenty yards and they can't punch it in. Those are winning plays for the Lions defense. So yeah, there were definitely some struggles and things to address. But um, man, Ben, they stood tall when they had to. Yeah, and they held the Rams to three field goals from less than thirty yards out. I mean. That just goes back to my aggressive thinking. The Rams settled for three field goals from 30 yards out. The Lions, absolutely. I mean, the red zone defense is why they were able to stop the bleeding in this game and come out winners. Aiden Hutchinson said he played this game sick after the game, which he never would have known it from the way that he played. Uh, He had two more sacks. That's, what, seven in the last three games. Hit the quarterback five times. uh, Injured Stafford's ribs. He went to the Blue Medical Tent for a while in the second half. I didn't know if he was going to come out. He was in there for a long time. At one point in the press box, I turned to you and was like, he's been in there a while, man. (laughs) Of course, we know Stafford, how tough he is. It was going to take broken ribs and probably other body parts to get him out of this game. and, And he was able to come back out and finish the game. But I thought Aaron Glenn did a nice job of scheming up some pressure. Um, not a lot of it, but enough of it to make Stafford a little uncomfortable. Again, the 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 Rams moved the ball in this game, but in the end they scored 23 points and scored six in the second half. Um, that's good stuff, even if it wasn't always pretty. Um we're running a little low on time. I do have to figure out how to write a column at three in the morning. Um <laughs> I know, I know. 3 p.m. next week. I'm excited. Um, but before we get out of here, Ben, I do I, I want to get your uh take on, you know, I think people are a little maybe over talking about Matthew Stafford at this point, but I guess just as we close this thing out, let's talk about him just for a moment. Mm-hmm. What do you think of Stafford's return to Ford Field and how he played? I wasn't surprised by any of the reaction going on, and I thought Stafford had a pretty awesome response after the game like yeah that's their quarterback he's the franchise quarterback and he's playing well of course they're going to cheer for him and I would hope they would he didn't say I would hope they boo me but he's like that's what's supposed to happen but I would just say quintessential Matthew Stafford I mean every side of the fan base gets to enjoy this one he throws for 370 yards and a loss Mm -hmm. against Detroit I mean the stat Padford fans are having a heck of a day with it but I was just I, I saw the quarterback that I remember covering for the two years a gutsy tough smart godlike arm on that man and when you feed him a receiver that he's got a connection with he can he can beat anyone in the league so it's just the reaction to Matthew Stafford was man that guy I, I think he's still underappreciated in this league I, and I don't take this as hatred from this Lions fan base like they're still gonna celebrate that dude's jersey possibly being retired here someday like that's still a franchise icon but like this was about the Lions this was about the city of Detroit today and I think even Matthew Stafford knew that I did not see a lot of nines in the crowd. I was kind of curious to see where that would go because it's still a pretty popular jersey here at Ford Field. When I parked in the parking garage down the street in the Tigers garage, I walked out of the parking garage and within five seconds, I saw a guy in a Stafford number nine walking down the street and he was getting heckled by some like tailgaters like calling him a loser, which I thought was pretty funny. He was booed in this game, Ben, played exceptionally well. I just thought it was a really poetic ending for him to be stuck on the sideline at Ford Field, yeah. nursing battered ribs, watching his team unable to get a stop in the fourth quarter, and he walks away a loser. Except this time, it's the Lions who are winning. And I just thought there was some poetic justice to like a changing of guard of what, you know, he was just such a, a great player here. We have a lot of respect for him. Tough as hell. 
Um, ultimately, they didn't build a good enough team around him. And now they've done that for Jared Goff. And Jared Goff has done what Stafford never did in this town, which was win a playoff game. And I, I just think it's a fitting end as any um, for this team, for those players. And, and the lines are off uh, to the next round because of it. Yeah. You had to wait 30 years for a home playoff game. And now you got two in two weeks. Buckle up. It's going to be a, another long week of uh, Lions coverage. Um, again, we don't know who the opponent is at this point in this recording, but it'll be either the Bucks or the Eagles. It's hard to break that down because we don't know who the, point, who the opponent is at this point, but another playoff game here at Ford Field. And Ben, with the way the bricks were rattling out of the foundation tonight, um, bringing that game to Ford Field with a chance to go to the, to the NFC title game at stake, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. Absolutely. I mean, my brain's rattling.